Sunday, April the 19th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So we are continuing our new series called Encounter, Hear, See, Touch. Hear what Jesus is saying, see what Jesus is doing, but more, be touched by his words, his actions and his presence. It's a series for us not just to hear and see what Jesus did, but for us to encounter him for ourselves. That as we look at the way people encountered Jesus in the Gospels, so we can discover the way that he can encounter us in our daily, everyday lives. To get us underway today, we're looking at the story of Zacchaeus. Now we all know what the story of Zacchaeus teaches. That's it. God loves little people. A big shout out to all you five foot nothings out there. God loves us and he put this story in the Bible just to remind us. By the way, I love the fact that people are putting so many comments into our live stream. And a few weeks ago, the joker that asked whether our mantelpiece is really high or whether I'm really short now knows the answer. Our mantelpiece is really actually quite low. I mean high. I'm short. I'm tall. There we are. Zacchaeus. The things we know about Zacchaeus is that he was a tax collector and that he was a thief, a tax collector and wealthy. He was stealing people's money in order to fund the Roman occupation, or to fund those that were oppressing the people. A thief and a traitor. So often the Bible talks about tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. So tax collectors were hated. They were outcasts. But that's what we know. And uh, perhaps that's the bit of the story that we focus on. I want to draw out a few interesting facts, I think, this morning to help us get underneath what's going on in this story. So picture Zacchaeus, he's found himself in the crowd and he can't get through. He's not with anybody, he's on the outside of the crowd, he's got to push him his way through to see Jesus and eventually he gets his way through and climbs up a tree knowing that Jesus is going to come past. And then he waits there up in the tree and as Jesus comes past, Jesus stops and it's like the whole crowd, the whole world stops in that moment. And Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, Jesus knew his name. It takes us off guard, doesn't it? It's a bit disconcerting when someone we don't know already knows our name, when they already know something about us. It makes us feel a little bit vulnerable and disorientated. Jesus knew Zacchaeus's name. Jesus knew all about Zacchaeus. However much Zacchaeus was or Jesus was a stranger to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was no stranger to Jesus. And that's true for us. Jesus knows your name. However much you might feel like a stranger to him today, you are no stranger. He knows all about you. It's really interesting, isn't it, that the name Zacchaeus meant pure. 
And Zacchaeus was anything but pure in the way that he'd lived. Jesus knows all about us, but he also knows our true selves, the people that we were created and destined to be. Zacchaeus wasn't destined to be a traitor or a thief. He was destined to be pure and to give glory to God. Jesus knows all about him and calls out of him his true identity, Zacchaeus. Second thing that I noticed that's really interesting is Jesus saying, I must come to your house. There was a real sense of urgency in the language from Jesus. I must come. Jesus is urgently desiring to meet with us. Whatever we might think of ourselves, whatever our circumstances have made us feel, however much we feel maybe like Zacchaeus hated and on the outside, Jesus stops for us and wants to come and know us. For us to know him, to be known and to know him. And so there's this interesting kind of dynamic going on that Zacchaeus is beginning to understand that this Jesus already knows everything there is to know about him. And maybe that's why the next thing that happens is perhaps a little surprising. Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house. Now, press the pause button for a moment. Imagine what would run through your mind if Jesus suddenly said, I'm coming to your house. For many of us, there'd be a sense of panic rising within us. Goodness, our our house isn't ready. Things aren't organised. Things aren't clean. Things aren't put away. The house is, is nothing like what I'd want it to be if Jesus was coming to stay. There'd be perhaps a level of anxiety about how we'd want the house to look if Jesus was coming to stay. We'd want the Bible back on the coffee table and a candle on the windowsill and whatever else that we think would be appropriate for Jesus if he was coming uh, to stay. Why does that panic rise within us? When people come to our homes, they are coming to our personal space. We are more vulnerable. It's harder for us to hide. Our true selves are being, is, are being known. Our true selves are much more on display. But Zacchaeus was understanding that he could gladly welcome Jesus into his house because Jesus already knew. Jesus already knows everything there is to know about us and still with a sense of urgency he says, I want to come to your house. I want to know you and be known by you. I want to have a relationship with you. Having a meal in someone's house spoke so much of the quality, the level of a relationship. And there in Zacchaeus's home, where he was vulnerable, where he was his true self, he met with Jesus and his life was transformed. And a transformed life always goes on to bear fruit. And Zacchaeus said, you know what, I'm going to sell uh, my possessions, I'm going to give half to the poor, and I'm going to give four times back to anybody that I'd wronged. So how do we encounter Jesus in this story? And that's what this encounter series is going to help us do. I'm going to talk for less time, so I've just talked for about seven or eight minutes, and then at the end of the talk, we're going to have an extended time of encountering Jesus for ourselves in and through the story. 
So I'd like you to get yourself comfortable just for a minute. Now I realise if you've got young kids and you were already on Burlington Kids at 10 o'clock, it's been a long morning and you can't wait to get out into the garden or whatever. And maybe you need to come back to this stream a bit later on in the day. But for those of us who can, let's, uh, let's get ourselves comfortable for a moment. And I invite you to journey with me back into the story ourselves that we might encounter Jesus in the way that Zacchaeus did. Picture yourself like Zacchaeus. He's alone in a crowd. Nobody wants him. He can't get through. He can't see. In fact, no one cares. Have you ever been alone like that? Feeling on the outside, hurt, rejected, feeling like you don't fit in, always on the edge. Are you a first class FOMO expert, fear of missing out? So you're not with the crowd, you're separated up a tree at the back, out of the way. But Jesus is coming. Can you picture him in your mind's eye, coming towards where you are hiding in the tree. And then suddenly Jesus stops and for an instant it's like the whole world stops with him. Zacchaeus, he says, looking up. He hears and knows our names. Listen in for a moment and see Jesus looking up at you and calling your name. He knows you. However much a stranger he seems to you right now, you are no stranger to him. He knows you. He knows who you are, the hidden bits, the ugly bits, the bits that you keep out of sight. But also he knows who you truly are, who you were made to be. He knows your potential, your perfection. He knows your name. Let the richness, the depth of that reality touch your soul. That you are known by the Lord of all. And he stops in a crowd for you. Savour the moment. Not just Jesus, but the whole crowd has stopped. He's chosen you. Noticed you. Let that truth sink into your soul. I want to come to be with you today. I want to come to your house. Imagine Jesus saying that he wants to come to your house. Feel the, the panic that that brings, maybe even as you look around your room. Listen into the anxious whispers of your heart, the worries that it creates, what Jesus might see, what might not be right, the, the way you would really like your house to look if Jesus was coming the ways you feel you and your family might be exposed. I'm not ready, it's not clean. The dishes aren't done. Whatever it is, acknowledge those feelings. Listen in to those anxieties. And then remember that he knows your name. He knows it all. It's not hidden from him. He sees it all already. And he still wants to come. Now let panic and fear give way to joy. 
the joy of acceptance, the delight of being known, loved, valued, accepted, the freedom come that comes from not having to hide or present an image. Let those feelings of joy and acceptance and delight come. And in what seems like a flash, you and Jesus are alone in your private place, alone in your home. What does he say to you when you are alone? Zacchaeus knew the difference that this encounter would make. What difference will it make to you? How will you be different because you met him in this moment? And then Jesus leaves. Jesus has left now. But you can still feel his presence lingering. Savour it. Enjoy it. Remember it. Jesus' presence is always with you in your home. And you can return to recognise and acknowledge it at any time. This live stream will shortly come to an end and I realise that we could spend a lot longer on that journey and maybe uh, I invite you this week to, to replay these moments and press the pause button so you can listen in to your own feelings. But more importantly then as you give those feelings to Jesus, listen in to his voice, to his heart for you and savour his presence in your home. Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus into his home, into his personal space and it touched his heart and he was changed by that encounter with Jesus. May we be changed as we encounter him too. Lord Jesus, we thank you that during this lockdown period we can see and feel you at work. We thank you, Father, for the way you drew our community around you at Easter and we continue to revel in the promises that Easter brings. We are grateful for this improved weather and for the signs of nature on our own doorsteps. Now as we set about starting a new term in lockdown, we ask for your wisdom and guidance in how we spend our time and resources. Keep our eyes focused on you, Father, and help us reach out to those in need in order to bring glory to your name. We pray for all the children and young people as they begin homeschooling again. Please help them to be close to you whenever they feel afraid or lonely. We pray for patience and energy for parents as they tackle tasks they forgot long ago. We ask that you be with each and every member of the older community and guide us to be in touch with each other as we seek to love and support. Lord, we pray for our town. Please be with those that have lost a loved one to this virus. Bless the businesses and those trying to continue to work at this time. We pray for safety and energy for those working in healthcare and in the schools. Lord, I lift to you those that have been hurt or abused during their work at this difficult time. I lift off shock and trauma caused by this and ask for healing of their souls. Lord, I ask that you give us all abundant patience and wisdom so that we don't hurt others. We pray, Lord, for your world. 
We particularly lift those involved in the cyclone in the Solomon Islands and Vanuatu. We place the world firmly where it belongs in your hands, and we trust you in this strange time. Thank you, Lord, for the way you are using this time to bless some people and places and to heal our environment. Help us to be intentional in learning the lessons you have for us in this period. We ask this, Lord, for your eternal glory. Amen. Amen.